Iron Realm fans. The next book in the Iron Realm Strategy Guide series is available now on Drive-Thru RPG. Pick up the book now that covers the upcoming chapters and give Character 8 the gift of future sight. Replete with up-to-date maps and a collection of fiction drawn straight from upcoming episodes, take you this offering now as the latest jewel for your own Iron Realm collection. With the latest Iron Realm strategy guides, you, traveler, are following the action and meeting each challenge every step of the way. Visit DriveThruRPG.com and search on the Iron Realm with your adult settings enabled. Acquire this latest strategy guide and each of the others for your own Iron Realm collection. Now, raise your sword and shield into the maze. We go. The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm. Chapter 110. Dead Unicorn. At the last moment, Polyander slipped his hand against a raised feature on the corridor wall, and then, where there had appeared to be nothing before, now his fingers met with a refuge in the stone, sliding on the smooth, wet bulge, and then inside, finding a tiny hard bead there with the tips of his fingers, and then there was a release. The walls shuddered and then parted, revealing a deeper world within, and every one of them slipped inside now, the secret door sealing itself behind them, and the sounds of their enemies passed by beyond it, unaware of where they had gone, or how. An instant later, once the threat of their pursuers had lulled, the heaviness of rot hit them like the weight of a wave against them. The gnomes turned to the center of the room, and they gasped at what they saw, and the others turned too to see what was there, and though some could see instantly in the dark, whilst others were forced to wait for the light, the realization was not long away for any one of them, for they knew in the pit of their stomachs that the unicorn was here and that the unicorn was dead. The rogue held the torch and it was terrible what they saw. The cavern could have been a creature's maw, for it assuredly appeared as such with stalagmites and stalactites, puncturing the dark from below and from above. There was a sound of wetness, for water dripped in from the ceiling and cooled at their feet on the floor. The walls were painted with stark colors, certainly goblin, and they had been rendered in blood, aggressive, threatening, and the tribe was filled with fear at seeing them. But what struck them to the core 
was the animal at the heart of the chamber, laid down upon his side at the center of a pentagram, scrawled in red, enclosing the fallen. They knew that it was Hiron, for what was left here was equine, and from the deep blue coloration of his coat and his mane, they knew it could be no other. But this was the extent of their ability to recognize him, for much of his body had decayed, and parts of his head had been gouged out, his teeth, his horn, and his eyes had all been taken, and two deep hollow sockets filled with maggots were all that remained of those compassionate pools. Two of his daughters fell down at once, and they wept, and the third of the Uname, Nora, knelt down with her sword and said a prayer to Sylvanas for her father, that their mother had not been here to see this horror was some slight consolation, though a hollow, desperate emptiness welled up within them, and within their brothers and sisters of the tribe who had sensed the futility of having come all this way in vain, only to find their lord dead and mangled upon the ground in the wretched den of their enemies. Travelers, what the Grumark said was not a lie, but perhaps better stated as only a half-truth. The unicorn has been found, and the unicorn is dead. A moment of silence for all of us before we regroup and consider our next steps in the Iron Realm. The Iron Realm, copyright A. B. Lenzo, is an original, dark fantasy delve into an infinite maze of stone. Find The Iron Realm at theironrealm.blogspot.com and on Apple Podcasts with even more bonus content to be found at patreon.com slash theironrealm. Travel all of you well in the maze, for I... Your Maze Master am with you in the light and in the dark. Real Roleplay <laughs> As Solus looked on, sharing in the shock of this moment, his companion Len went forward, saying a prayer over the fallen unicorn lord's body, quietly, and those small and terrible things that had infested him retreated, leaving the remains of Hiron for a moment in peace. In quiet reverence, as the dwarfs, halflings, and humans looked on, whilst the unicorn girls cut long locks of hair from his noble mane, first holding each to her heart, 
before weaving it into her own hair or into the hair of a beloved companion. The loving ritual went on for half an hour, and little was said of him, for here, in the goblin realm, there was nothing left to any of them anymore, nothing left to any of them except for the finality of their despair. Tonight is told the profile of Mixman, the mystic warrior, the mentalist. Strength 9, dexterity 10, constitution 8, charisma 8, intelligence 11, wisdom 10. Mixman is level 1 with 7 life points. Sex male, race gnome, age 55, born the 17th day of Novus. Skin tan, eyes black, hair black, height three foot nine inches, weight a hundred two pounds. Mixman's preferred armor is any light armor. His preferred weapon is the hammer or the club. Homeland, the Iron Realm. Description Mixman has sparkling dark eyes and a large bulbous nose. His chainmail is silver, and he wears boots and gloves of deep green that have matching highlights of silver. Mixman speaks rarely, except when casting his magic. Mixman laughs and smiles often, even in the face of danger. Personality Mixman is a listener, and as such has a very reserved personality. He believes in the balance of all things, and that the universe will work out as it is meant to, with or without his intercession. Mixman is pleased to hold back and take orders, usually from Hollyander. The exception to this is Brina, his wife, who is comfortable, commanding. Combat. Mixman doesn't care for combat, being more interested in the study of his spells. He would rather have not left Thessalandia, the Gnomish Kingdom, but for the fact that his wife was drafted into service in order to learn the truth about the coming war and its implications. When forced to it, Mixman will fight, favoring hammers or clubs when he can get them, and normally engaging as Holliander, his brother-in-law and leader, tells him to. Family. Mixman is newly married to Brina, a divine warrior of Rihanna. He sees his wife as vulnerable in the world, for unlike himself, she has little intelligence for the way of things. Mixman is not usually interested in her religious pursuits, but decided to take her as a wife for her physical beauty and sexual passion. Brina's brother is Holliander, and Holliander has taken a liking to Mixman, treating him as family, which pleases Mixman well enough. Mixman appreciates his wife and his brother-in-law, Holliander, but otherwise has not formed many strong bonds with the tribe of Nora. Mixman is cautious around others, but he does like the dwarves Stockholm and Marks. Current. 
Nixman is an expert on incantations and is considered invaluable with regard to using the teleport crystal and traveling between kingdoms. He has taught some of what he knows to Hollyander, who is a quick learner. Mixman has acquired several incantations for other kingdoms as well, found during their mission in Alpha One, which he has safeguarded in his spellbook for the purpose of archiving them in Beta One, for there is a great gnomish library. Complete details for tonight's guest audio are in the show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com The Iron Realm Podcast Copyright A.B. Lenzo And I, your Maze Master recognize with honor all ye contributors to tonight's show Zimrod at freesound.org and Aim Angel of Sin at freesound.org. Tribal Matters. It is the 13th day of Sakaris, 12.40 p.m. At position 3817, in the Goblin Kingdom, Gamma 1. The goblins are coming, heard in the distance, soon to come around the corner, into the corridor from the north, circling round 2, soon to round the U-turn, and come at them from the south. The spells known by the tribe are as follows. Kailana, Amazard, Lelena have each memorized a portion of All Ways Open. Amazard also knows Door Denial. Len has Hands of Healing and Consecrate Food and Water. Twyla has Illumination, as does her sister Nim. Nora has the Healing Power of the Silver Sword at the ready. Whilst Hollyander has memorized the incantation required to return to Beta 1, turning to the life points of the wounded. Paola has 12 out of 20. Master Brevik has 10 out of 18. Thora has 6 out of 9. And Hollyander has 6 out of 8. Quickly, quickly, Stockholm Mixman and Hollyander feverishly search the wall for the secret door that the Grumark told them was here. And because of this foreknowledge, I shall allow each of them at least a chance to find it quickly before the goblins arrive. Though even so, I'm going to say that their chances are beyond slim. I'll give each only a one in six chance, and I'm rolling the dice now for all three. A fail for Mixman, a fail for Stockholm, but Hollyander has succeeded, and thus every one of them has slipped inside, barely making it and away into the chamber before the goblins are any wiser. They stay in the quiet for a very long time, making no sound, not even to drive in the spikes or reinforce the door with magic, though Amazar holds his spell at the ready in order to use it should there be any clue of forced entry. And their gamble does seem to pay off, for the goblins don't follow them through the secret door. Perhaps they do not know it, and although their voices vanish for a moment, 
goblin sounds can be heard shortly after again. But where are they coming from now? I'll allow two rolls for those with Albany ears, Orson and Lilena. And a couple of rolls too for Paola and Khan. In the end, it is determined that the goblins are somewhere beyond the south wall. But as Paola goes to light her torch, something terrible is revealed to them. Although, from the dire stench in the room, and sadly already known to those with dark sight, it is made clear that the unicorn is here, and he is dead. Nim and Twyla stand wholly shocked by what they are seeing becoming sickly pale white as they bite their lips to avoid crying out. The unicorn's horn has been removed, and his eyes, and his teeth, and in a pool of liquid, at the center of a pentagram, the beast has met his end. Very quietly amongst themselves, they investigate the room, trying not to make a sound, for their enemies are still nearby. But at last, it is all too much, and Nim and Twyla fall to their knees and begin to sob quietly. And perhaps the goblins are so engaged in whatever they're doing in the next room that the tribe is not heard, and at last the goblins, who had come, are heard to depart, and the tribe remains quiet until they are certain. The girls do a ritual for their father, as Solus looks on, almost stunned, and he sends the Lady Len forward to go beside them, and Len consecrates his body by waving the carved unicorn wand over it, and by this action, the rot and the stench that is in the air clears, and some dignity is given to the unicorn lord in his final repose. An exhausting Len's spell, consecrate food and water for this action. Glyphs and symbols of the goblin kind have been painted upon all the walls, and some evidence of occupation here shows that what happened, that what happened to Hiren was the result of some dark ritual. With her sword, Nora recovers the hair from Hiren's mane, passing it to each of her sisters, who quietly weave it into one another's hair. And the rest of the tribe partakes in the silent remembrance too, he who they have come for, he who they have sacrificed for, is at his final rest now, and they remember him with honor, though in the pits of their hearts they know that his soul is in torment now, for surely it has passed fully into the void. During this time also, some food is had, and something to drink. And as mentioned before, by day's end, the group will have 25 days food and 5 days of water remaining in their store. By 1.20 p.m., the dwarves in their consideration have begun to speculate about the room just south of them, which in agreement with the gnomes, they realize is not shown on any of their maps. The ones that attacked us before, says Stockholm, were sure we must be headed for the king's treasure. For them to have missed us, I'm starting to think that their plan was to head us off wherever the treasure was located. So if that's the case, says Hollyander, are you telling me that the King's treasure room is here? There's only one way to find out, says Stockholm, and he goes to the southern wall, which he realizes must be fairly thin 
for them to be able to hear goblin voices coming through. Help me search, he says to the others. And I'm going to roll some dice for secret doors. Ha <laughs> ha, and there's two successes already. I'm going to rule that it's not really a secret door, not in the traditional sense, but instead that Stockholm and Thora, along with some help from the gnomes, have discovered that they can hammer away a portion of the wall until it cracks and opens up, in essence revealing a secret way of their own making. The room revealed is at 3918, 4323, and if you want, at position 4017, go ahead and put a secret door anyway in the southern wall. And to be discovered shortly, Another secret door at position 3922 in the western wall. This 50 by 50 room is room 69, and we will call it simply Alcove. But it is also the hidden location of the King's Gold. And so if you have kept track of a guess as to its location, this is known to you now. Go ahead and take your reward if you guessed correctly. That is to say, if your guess overlapped with the alcove at all. And if you have reasoned it out, then well done, and take the reward that was promised before. Two ranks in any discipline that you already possess. There's a small section of squares wedged in between the beast's chamber, the hidden chamber, and the alcove. So blacken them in if you like, for these two are solid rock. And now at last, and truly, your map of Gamma 1 is complete. So, says Amazar, it seems the King's Gold was more than just a legend, after all. Well, we can't just leave it here, says Hollyander. If we do, it'll only fuel the King's War Machine, and the Queen would be very disappointed if we should let that happen. Under the illumination of torchlight, as the hour approaches 1.20, the tribe of Nora readies their sacks, backpacks, and their courage as they slip inside of the alcove to witness the treasures that are there. Treasure Room This has the potential to be a sizable haul. Let's make a roll and find out. Checking for copper. 9,000 copper. Now silver. 80,000 silver. Electrum. 30,000 electrum. And the king's gold. 40,000 gold. Checking for platinum. It seems that there is none. Gems. No. Jewelry. Two pieces of jewelry. And is there anything here that could be magic? And no. It appears not. Of the jewelry found here, I'm going to say that these are two fine scabbards inlaid with diamonds. 
one worth 800 gold, and one worth 1100 gold. The one worth 1100, the diamond scabbard, I will give to Bardar. And the diamond scabbard worth 800, I will give to Nora. It's going to take all the sacks that they have to bag up and carry all of it away. But the level point award is going to be kingly. <laughs> and after all, we can't leave it here for the goblins, can we? That's 44,990 level points in all. More than double what they acquired in the tapestry room. Making this... The largest treasure hoard yet that they've encountered so far. Looks like I've got some math to do. Working it out now. Let's take a look at the level points distributed through the tribe of Nora, starting with chapter 107. 50 points for the chapter 107 opening, Icosahedron. 50 points for the chapter 108 opening, the King's Gold. 30 points for the Goblin Battalion and 50 points for the Hollyander Profile. 50 points for Chapter 109's opening, The Cracked Mirror. 20 level points for the Bronze Dagger Found. 25 level points for the Goblin Archers. And 50 more points for Iron Personas, Brina's Profile. And finally, Chapter 110. 50 points for Dead Unicorn. 50 points for Mixman's Profile and 44,990 level points for the king's treasure. We've got 45,415 level points to be split 21 ways. That's 2,162 level points each with 13 remaining. We'll just say the extra points go to Len. Solus, 14,250. Len, 7,502. Kaylana, 6,995. Amazar, 7,754. Lilena, 6,584. Orson, 7,199. Stockholm, 7,545. Marks, 4,910. Thora, 4,321. Master Brevik, 5,447. Temek, 7,015. Bardar, 7,575. Nora, 8,763. Twyla, 7,498. Nim, 7,080. Kana, 8,280. Paola, 8,606. Tani, 4,254. Polyander, 5,661. Brina, 5,367. And Mixman, 5,661. With a mighty haul like this, we've got nine characters leveling up. They've come in and deprived the Goblin King of one of his greatest assets. The gold needed to wage a war. They've one last task remaining. With the treasure loaded up and all of them laden down hard, can they get back to the teleport crystal and escape with the king's ill-gotten gains?
level up. Len the Cleric has leveled up, and it's time to take a look at any new powers that may have been given by God. She has basic skill with the mace, and two additional slots still available, as yet undisclosed. Having taken Celeste's place as the new spiritual center of the tribe, Len has now reached character level 4, and let's roll against her stats. Strength, a 4. Dexterity, a 4. Constitution, a 6. Let's have another roll versus Constitution. A 2. Charisma, a 5. Intelligence, a 6. And intelligence again, a 4. Last, the Cleric's Wisdom, a 2. Len's new stats fall as follows. Strength 11, Dexterity 13, Constitution 10, Charisma 12, Intelligence 7, Wisdom 14. And her life points rise to 24. Significantly, the new insights that have come to Len will open up new power to her. Divine magic of spell level 2 which shall be bestowed upon her during the next morning that she takes prayer. And her abilities to exile undead have improved mightily as well. And in addition to this, Len now gains the ability to utterly destroy the weakest of undead on the spot. Len, you have served your god and goddess well and honored the memory of Celeste. May you take the light deep into the Iron Realm. May you take your light where it may shine far into the dark. Travelers of the Maze Tonight, with permission, I hereby present the fiction of John Merle Holes and the tales of Winlin in the early days of the tribe's captivity under the Goblin King. John is one of our patrons at Patreon.com, and I couldn't be more pleased for the Character 8 roleplay that he has submitted for all of us to hear. The chapters given roughly correspond to those same chapters on the Iron Realm podcast, so if you're considering your own Character 8 campaign, too, then John Merle Holes has shown you the way to render a gripping tale of your own devising whilst dovetailing expertly with the themes and characters on the show. Step into your own legend with the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide on DriveThruRPG. And with this said, I shall tarry no longer. I present to you tonight the Iron Realm Character 8 Fiction of John Merle Holes. Written by John Merle Holes, The Hot Spring. Winlin had immersed his neck in the water, his head propped upon stone. The warmth of the water brought back memory or a vision 
he wasn't sure which. A memory, he decided. He remembered warmth and a place to... Large chambers filled with people soaking in the heat, as he did now. Above the water, the air was chill. Another quality in his memory was being able to see things. Where he soaked, and back until time unremembered, he had seen nothing. All was utter darkness. Words that he had once spoken formed in his mind. Transmigration of the soul. He didn't know what any of that meant now, or why it rose unbidden in his mind. Time passed in this manner, and Winlin was reluctant to leave the water's warmth. All around was danger, and here he felt, if not safe, like the warmth strengthened him as it continued to show him things from another time, and many more words that still meant nothing. Something smooth touched his thigh, followed by the shrill scream of a woman, the smack of a hand against bare flesh, and gutter words that he didn't understand. There's a body in the water. He heard a woman sob. That's why I cried out. I was startled. Another blow resounded in the dark, followed by more guttural words. Ow, there's no need to hit me. I'll get the water. A deeper, gruff voice cried in surprise when Winland's fist connected with a warty cheek. been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. I am now! Good night, everyone.